Welcome to the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast, the show that brings you lively conversations with leaders, colleagues, and friends in healthcare, pharmacy, and beyond. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining me for the Melissa Rx Scripts Podcast. I'm Melissa Muir Corrigan, and I'll be your host. Thanks for listening. We're so excited to launch season five of the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast. Thanks so much to our podcast community and my guests who have shared their leadership journey, the ups and the downs and related life lessons. Also, I'm grateful for the pharmacists, student pharmacists, pharmacy technicians who work so hard daily to serve patients, especially these past few years. Thank you. Well, now on today's podcast, I'll be talking with Kelly Brack, Kelly and I are going to be discussing many things, including her leadership experiences, passion for community pharmacy, and being a mom. I'll give you a bit of an introduction to Kelly and then let us, her tell you also about herself, her career, and her many varied experiences in life in general. Kelly Brock serves as Executive Director of the Community Pharmacy Foundation, CPF. Prior to CPF, Kelly served as a consultant dedicated to advancing the profession of pharmacy and maximizing the role of pharmacists in the healthcare system. She has worked with community pharmacists to explore innovative ways to drive change. Can't wait to hear more on that one. Kelly graduated from the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy and completed a pharmacy practice residency with an emphasis in community care at The Ohio State University College of Pharmacy. Kelly, thanks so much for being here with me today. Before we get into your career experiences, maybe you can talk a little bit about your background where you grew up, about your family, and your University of Iowa experience. Well, thank you so much, Melissa, for the opportunity to be here with you today. It's so exciting to be here. Sure, I can tell you a little bit about my experience. I am a small-town Iowa girl. I was born and raised in Northwest Iowa. Uh, as a matter of fact, my family all still lives in Iowa. And um, I grew up in a, uh, I think, a, what I would call a hardworking family. My parents were very uh, career-driven, and um, they were dedicated to careers, I guess is what I should probably say. Family has always been super important to me, and my roots are still there in Iowa. My dad worked for Hy-Vee, which is a regional grocery chain in the Midwest, and he worked for Hy-Vee for 45 years. My mom was an OB nurse, and she worked for 35 years as a nurse before she retired. So I learned growing up about uh, having a strong work ethic and being committed to you know your career and what you do and making the most out of everything that's in front of you. As a small town Iowa girl, I uh, as I was looking to go to college, I went and did some college tours and I went and looked at the University of Iowa thinking I wanted to stay in Iowa because my roots were really strong there. But when I went there, it was a little too big for me. It was a little overwhelming. I graduated from a small private Catholic school with only 19 in my class. And so when I went to Iowa and I was standing down on the bridge by the IMU and they pointed across the river and they said, um, and over there is the health science campus. Um, I was really overwhelmed. And so oh, yeah, went to look at uh, South Dakota State University in Brookings, South Dakota, which is up in the Northwest, you know, up by the Northwest Iowa corner. And it was, a, it had a much smaller feel to it, felt a little more like home. So I decided to go to South Dakota State. Um, and I went there for my first year with the intention that I would stay and become a resident of South Dakota and have, be able to pay in-state tuition for the rest of my pharmacy career while I was there at pharmacy school. And things changed. Uh, things changed about 
three quarters of the way through my freshman year and they changed the residency laws and I was no longer going to be able to be a, an in-state resident and get in-state tuition. So um, based on you know th that decision, I didn't really have a choice to stay. And so I ended up transferring to University of Iowa um, and then when I went there, um, I actually couldn't apply to pharmacy school at the time because it was a one-five program. So one year of pre-pharmacy and five years of pharmacy school. So I had missed the deadlines to apply um, by the time that they changed these residency laws. So things changed and I really didn't expect that to happen. Um, I was very upset. I thought it was kind of the end of, you know, it, yeah. it seemed really devastating at the time, but actually ended up being probably the best thing that could have ever happened to me professionally um, because I ended up back at Iowa and at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. I did have to wait a year. Um, so I was delayed a year getting into pharmacy school. But the opportunities that came to me because I came back to Iowa and got involved with Iowa Pharmacy um, have just opened so many doors for me. So you never know where what, what's going to happen and where the world's going to lead you. But um, I came back to Iowa. And so I still consider Iowa home. But interestingly, I haven't practiced in Iowa since I graduated. I oh, have been wow. in several different places. Um, I've been out here in California now um, for the last 17 years. And again, that wasn't by choice, but that was something that happened. And so when I was in pharmacy school, I actually got married and I told my husband at the time, um, I was a third year pharmacy student, pharmacy student. And I told him that I would move anywhere except for Florida or California, because at the time they didn't accept the NAPLEX oh, yeah. uh, transfer mm -hmm. scores. And so I told him, you know, we can go anywhere, but there and I'll, I'll go wherever you want to for, you know, if your career takes us there. And so one of my life lessons, I guess here is that uh, you never say never because I've now lived in California for 17 years <laughs> um, and it's been great. And I did have to retake the NAPLEX that I did pass a second time. So that was good. Uh, I guess I had some strong education from the University of Iowa that helped me do that. But, you know, we did come out here and we built a life out here, but Iowa still is my home and it still is my roots. And I still, to this day, think of Iowa as my home. Yeah, that's so great. And I appreciate those reflections and we've known each other for a while, but I didn't realize about your mom's nursing connection and then the connection to hy V. And I know many of our listeners in our community are also high V fans. Um, yep. I, I want to give a shout out because during the pandemic, you know, they did the high V online. And so to yeah. able to just order and pull up. And then I'm a huge fan of their A&E products, which I'm, I bet you are too. They have an amazing French onion dip. They have a cottage cheese that's out of this world. So a little shout out. And, and also they have um, some really amazing pharmacy services that high V's are providing Um in, in their stores, but that, yeah. that's an interesting connection. And then the other part that I think is so helpful for our listeners is this whole idea of you just never know and how things can change and, yeah. you know, your, how you described where, you know, you went to a, went to a certain place and you thought that South Dakota, that that was going to work out. And then, you know, things changed and boy, we've seen that a lot in the last couple of years through the mm -hmm. pandemic where, you know, people had to adapt. And so, you know, you've, you've done that earlier in your career to kind of build that muscle, right? I did. And, you know, I think it's really interesting too, because a, a dear mentor of mine, and I know we'll probably talk more about mentors, but a dear mentor of mine, Mary Alice Bennett, um, she has told me throughout my career that you are exactly where you are supposed to be right now. And she just has to, and she has to keep reminding me of that because there has been so many times in my career that 
you know, my priorities have changed or something, a curveball has come my way and, and I didn't expect it. Um, South Dakota was one of the first, you know, um, and how that changed. And that was completely out of my control. I had no, I know no way around that. So I had to take a different path and I wasn't sure what that path was going to be. But I think what was, re- what's been really interesting is trying to kind of settle into the fact that, okay, here's where we're going and how are we going to make the most of this? You know, and we've, uh, with my husband's career and his path and where we've gone, I think there has been a lot of times where there have been changes that have come our way that maybe weren't expected, but ended up being wonderful for us. And so I think it is, you, you may not, you may think you know where you're going. (laughs) And I'll, I'll be honest, when I went to pharmacy school, I knew I wanted to be a pharmacist, but I was certain, absolutely certain when I went to pharmacy school that I was going to be a hospital pharmacist at a small town hospital and because that's who I shadowed as a honor student in, in high school. I went and I shadowed a physician because I thought I wanted to be a physician, but then I went and I shadowed our local hospital pharmacist and I loved what he did. I thought it was just incredible uh, watching what he did every day and it was it was so inspiring. And so I was certain I was going to go and I was going to be a hospital pharmacist and I was going to that's what I was going to do. And all through school, that was my, what was in my mind that that was the path I was going to take. And it wasn't until I actually went on my rotations um, and I worked with Randy McDonough and Bill Doucette. And then I did a rotation with Matt and Marilyn Osterhaus and I stayed with them that I learned about community pharmacy through them. And I fell in love with community pharmacy practice and uh, learned about that, that, that really was my passion. That was really what drove me to want to make it an an impact in that area of practice. And so um, it was those things that I just didn't expect. And now here I am, that's where my passion has taken me in, in my career. I just, just love that. And you know, those wise words from Mary Alice Bennett, you are exactly where you need to be. And you know, our, our community will may remember that I had Mary Alice on in season four, and there were so many gems in our conversation. So if you haven't listened to that one, I encourage you to go back and check it out. But, you know, we've also touched on this importance of mentors and you've, in your comments just now, you mentioned a few of them, Randy and the Osterhouses, Marilyn and, and Matt. So tell me more about some of your mentors and influencers, both pre and post pharmacy school. Yeah, you know, as we talked about mentors, I I know, Melissa, that this is a really important area for you as well. And I have a hard time narrowing down the the list of who to talk about, uh, which is wonderful, because there's there's different mentors. There have been different mentors at different phases of my life, different people that have influenced or impacted me as I've gone through. And I feel so fortunate that they're still a, a very big part of my life. And, you know, so I think probably you know, some of the first were, as I, if I think about professionally, I think some of the first mentors I really had were Bill Doucette and Randy McDonough. And um, I actually did a research rotation with Bill Doucette as a pharmacy student. And he really inspired me to think outside my little box of pharmacy. Like he he inspired me to think about the bigger picture and why we do research and why, do, why are we trying to advance practice and why do we do those things? And he really um, encouraged me to think a little differently that's been really important to me as I've kind of gone down my path. And then, you know, I did a rotation with Randy McDonough and at the time he was in Davenport, Iowa. So we, we, we drove 45 minutes each way from Iowa city, which was, which was great because there was a great time to reflect and talk and learn from him outside of the pharmacy setting as well. But, you know, I learned and I saw the passion that he had for community pharmacy practice and it's just like uh, inspiring and it's very contagious when you're around Randy because he's so passionate. 
it, but interestingly, when I did my rotation with Matt and Marilyn Osterhaus, they actually opened their home to pharmacy students. And I actually lived with them for five weeks when I did my rotation. And this was the real moment, I think, that, and I've talked about this a couple of different times um, when I've talked to students and been a part of some presentations, but it was when I really learned about trying to figure out how to make my professional and my personal world come together in a way that I could manage it. And I give them a lot of credit because not only did they open their home to me, and, and so I lived with them for five weeks, and they did this for other students too. It wasn't just me, but that it was just very generous of them to do that. But I watched how they engaged during the day in their professional world, and they are some of the best pharmacists that I know because they of how they care for their patients. And they're there, and they're in it, and they're immersed in their professional world. And then they come home, and they immerse themselves in their personal world, and they with their kids, and how they interact with their children, and how they interact with their community, and they serve their community. And so I got to witness all of that. I got to see, I remember vividly, Matt Osterhaus, um, and this is kind of funny now with my new role, but you know, I remember remember him this I was there during the NCAA basketball tournament and he's a big fan of basketball and he had his hat on and he was drinking a glass of wine and we talked about how important it is to enjoy life and how important it is to raise a glass when you're trying to celebrate something and so it was those life lessons too that I got to learn and see when I was there with them that were so very important um, we joke a lot because um, he said his his youngest daughter who is now just graduated with her master's she was a young young girl then and she was doing her math homework and so I would come home from pharmacy the pharmacy and I would sit down at the kitchen table and I would help her with her math and so I keep asking Matt when he's going to come back here and help my kids with their math because he needs to repay the favor but um but it was it was really it was really great to really experience that and that's when I think it solidified to me that community pharmacy practice was the way that I wanted to go um I and I wanted to build a career that really allowed me to have my personal life as a part of it and, and to be able to be engaged with both in ways that were meaningful to me. And so that was a really important lesson that I learned from Matt and Marilyn. And then I think, uh, you know, then I was really fortunate. Um, Jay Curry, who was at the University of Iowa, I had interviewed to do a residency at the Iowa. And I, I thought for certain, I thought for certain I was going to stay at Iowa. I wanted to, there was so many great, I mean, they're known and have always been known for community pharmacy practice residencies. So I, I thought for sure I'd stay there. That's what I wanted to do. I knew that's what I, why I would I go anywhere else? Because I was just no really well known for for community pharmacy practice. Well, at the mid-year clinical meeting, Jay Curry said, "Hey, I, I have someone I want to introduce you to," and he introduced me to Mary Alice Bennett with the Ohio State University. And who knew what that would do for me? And yeah. it opened a door for me to consider something different and to kind of spread my wings a little bit. Um, and it was because Jay introduced me to Mary Alice and. If you know Mary Alice and you listen to her, listen to the podcast that she did with Melissa, you'll know why. She is so awe-inspiring and such an amazing woman and a woman leader that it's hard not to fall in love with her when you meet her. And I did. I I, I just I, I I was drawn to her. I was drawn to the program, and I I felt. I remember coming home from my interview for my residency, and I told my husband. I said, "If they offer me the job, I'm going to take it." And he said, "You're going to do what?" <laughs> yeah. And I said, "I said yeah." And he's like, "He." He never thought I would leave Iowa either. And I did. 
And it opened a whole new set of doors for me. And it was scary because I could have stayed at Iowa and I would have known what I was getting myself into. And, and it would have been a fantastic experience. I know I would have learned a lot and I would have, and it would have been great, but the opportunity to go to Ohio State and learn from a new set of um, practitioners, a new set of, and develop some new mentors and a whole new network of people has really been a really great opportunity for me in my career. Yeah. I just think that stepping out is so important Um, and, and, you know, like broadening your wings and then, you know, want to make sure that we kind of bookmark your comments too, about the lessons you learned with Marilyn and with Matt and this whole, like kind of this whole person, as we talk about professional identity. And I think many in pharmacy are strivers and achievers, and especially, you know, for our, for our learners. But I think some of the lessons you learned from them was you know, how do you reflect the whole person and how do you bring your commitment to your community, your commitment to your family, to your faith, whatever those things are forward. And I I think that's such an important message to hear. And it was kind of reinforced during the pandemic as so many things changed, you know, for us to kind of get back to basics. So, you know, I think that's an, an interesting segue to this whole idea. You, like many others during the pandemic, you made a career change. You know, you you were one of those that did did something big and did something different. So, you know, tell me a little bit more about your role with the Community Pharmacy Foundation, how it builds on your earlier experiences and this passion that you had that you've described for us, but also like your thought process. Because, you know, I know sometimes opportunities come in front of us and people think, hmm, should I do it? I'm pretty comfortable here. You know, things feel okay. So how did you kind of navigate through all that? Well, you know, that's, it's really interesting that you would ask that question. Cause I think that um, it is really interesting. It's not something that I expected. <clears throat> so here, you, here we are again, talking about how these unexpected things come your way and you, you know, you just never know where that might take you, but I did have a really interesting thing. And I, I think I'll step back just a, a step before I went to CPF um, because I think it's an important part of my journey to kind of explain kind of where I was. So when I left my residency um, at Ohio state, I actually went into academia at first. And I um, had an opportunity to work in a primary care clinic and at a college pharmacy. And I thought, I thought, this is my dream job. This is great. Yeah. Students, I get to be a, a, a pharmacist working with my patients and helping them manage their disease states. Um, well, then, of course, we bought a home. It was in Illinois and um, we bought a home. We were going to start a family. And my husband got this incredible job opportunity uh, presented to him, came out of nowhere. Well, not nowhere. Um, it came from my uncle, actually. He called my, he was in the same field and he called Aaron and said, um, you know, there's just this great opportunity. I think you should put your name in for it. I'm not sure if that my my mom will ever forgive her brother for opening this opportunity yeah, yeah. to Aaron because <laughs> it took us a, a long ways away. But anyway, and Aaron said, he's like, wow, gosh, I don't know um, if we should do this because it was going to require us to move to Colorado for a short period of time and then on to California. And uh, we knew that was going to take us away from family. And that was a big decision for us. And I said, you know, gosh, I, this is just such a great opportunity for you. And he's, and he said, yeah, but you have a great career. We just bought a home. We, you know, why would we, why would we uproot and just go and do this? And I said, it's just a chance we have, you know, this is an opportunity to try something new and to take a risk and to see what happens. And, you know, we go there, worst case scenario, we go there for four years. Um, he had the opportunity to work with Olympic movement and he was working with USA volleyball. And so we thought, well, even if it's just for four years, we go there for four years and we'll come back. That's what we intended we would do. Um, 
17 years later, we're still here. He's still in that job and it's still a wonderful career for him. Multiple four years, huh? <laughs> Multiple full four years. Yeah. So yeah. we're working on our fifth quad now. Love um, it. But, um, but, you know, but what's interesting is, so then what happened there is I just said, we got to make this happen. This is for you. And so at that time in our lives, we really, this was an opportunity that he couldn't pass up. And so, um, so I, you know, decided to kind of take a shift in my career and see what I could do. And I started consulting at that time because I knew we were going to be in kind of in limbo, moving to Colorado for a short period of time. I did some relief work as a community pharmacist and and then did some consulting work on the side just to kind of keep things moving. And, um, and then when we moved out to California, I went back into academia. And uh, shortly after we moved here, then we started a family and my first son was born. And it was really interesting because I, no one could have ever prepared me for what that would be like when I held my first son and how I was going to feel and how my world really changed so dramatically. Um, I knew, I, I always knew I wanted to be a mom. I always knew we were going to have a family and that was what our hope was anyway. And we were fortunate enough to be able to do that and to have a family. But when I held my first son and I thought, wow, my, pri my priorities then shifted again. Uh -huh. And I knew that I had to figure out how I could be a great mom and try to continue my career as well. And so um, I, I was in an academic position and it wasn't the greatest fit for me at the time. And then when I had him, it just, again, kind of made me reassess my world and what I wanted. And I came home one day from, from my job and I said to my husband, I said, you know, I'm going to resign from my position and I'm going to stay home with Noah and I'm going to just see if I can make this consulting thing work. And he's like, you're going to do what? <laughs> yeah. And I said, I, it's just, it was what felt right to me. And so I did. I, I left a really great job. I left a really great paying job. And um, I took a huge risk, actually. And I tried to build my professional world around my family um, because I knew that being a mom and being a good mom and just being, being, active and involved with him was important to me and that I knew and I had to find that right balance of how I could make that work. And so over the next 15 years or so, I built a consulting business and I was super fortunate to um, work with Ben Blumwell from the APHA Foundation. He brought me on. Actually, my second son was born. And three weeks later, Ben called me and asked me if I would work on Project Impact um, Diabetes, which was a national program um, to work with pharmacists and how they can help uh, patients manage their diabetes. Um, that's where I went, met Jan Skelton. Melissa, that's where we connected yeah. was Jan and Patty Manilakis and I were um, project coordinators um, that we worked on that project together, a national project. And it was such an incredible experience. But that was how I got my foot in the door with the APHA Foundation. And over the next 12 years, um, I was really fortunate to work with Ben. And we called he called me um, his partner in do-gooding, um, which I was, I, I wore that badge with pride um, because it was, it was all about doing good for pharmacy. And I had the opportunity to work with him to implement projects in the pharmacy practice. So they would, the APHA foundation would receive a grant. And then my job was to work with the pharmacists who were implementing the grant. And so I got to work with community pharmacists across the country um, to implement these programs and to, you know, gather the data and write up this information about the impact that they were having in their communities and with their patients. And it was such a great, it was so incredible because I got to impact community pharmacy practice and be a part of this and work with and learn from some of the 
most incredible community pharmacists across the country through this work with the APHA Foundation. And so I'm super thankful to Ben for opening that and for teaching me so much over the time. And so I was doing that. And you're exactly right, Melissa. I was happy. The work I was doing was impactful and I felt like I was making a difference. And then on a Friday afternoon, I got an email from a mentor of mine that said, some leisure reading for your weekend. And it was the job announcement about the Community Pharmacy Foundation. Oh, okay. And I read it and I thought, wow. And I knew uh, Anne-Marie, who was the previous executive director, and um, I, I hadn't heard that she was leaving. And so it was a surprise to see the, op- the opportunity available. And I read through it and I thought, wow, wow, this is such a good fit. Like, this is like my dream job. Yeah. Um, As I was reading through it, it's this opportunity to have this kind of visionary position of being able to work with folks across the country that are trying to advance community pharmacy practice. So it, it hit my passion. It was, you know, it was just kind of like that next step. So I wasn't looking for anything. It just came my way and it came my way because of my network of people. Um, uh, It was a mentor who thought, who thought of me when he saw the job description and said, "Hmm, I'm going to send this to Kelly and see what she thinks. And I'm so thankful. I don't know. I I didn't realize how much it would change my life uh, and how much it, it has. And, you know, so the Community Pharmacy Foundation is a nonprofit organization. We were founded with the mission to provide grant funding for innovative projects and programs to help advance community pharmacy practice. So it's like my world. It's what I have always wanted to do. It's what I've been trying to do throughout my entire career. And I have an incredible board of directors that I work with who are some of the most passionate and committed folks who truly believe in community pharmacy practice and want to see it excel in advance. So I have this opportunity to work with, again, people across the country as we're all trying to kind of move community pharmacy practice forward. And, you know, we've funded over 200 grants over the last 20 years, um, totaling over $15 million. Um, And the really exciting thing is that this board has been so committed to being good stewards of this money is, you know, we have we have funds that came in through a, a lawsuit settlement that actually founded the Community Pharmacy Foundation. And they were very, very, um, the founding board was so incredible in their thought of investing this money so that it would continue on for long term. So we've given over $15 million out in funds and we and we started with 18.6 million. We've given out 15 million and we have over 20 million left. And so there's still a lot of good that will be done with, yeah. the, with the money that's been here. So and it's it's so exciting because we invest in in the future, well, in the current too, of community pharmacy practice of what are the most important things that are impacting practice right now? And so it really couldn't be a better fit for me. I just came back from, as we just talked about, Melissa, the AACP meeting where yeah. I got to talk with and, you know, talk with young um, faculty members who are doing great research and are committed to, you know, advancing community pharmacy practice. And, you know, just to be able to be a part of an organization that can help those people achieve their dreams of being able to advance their research and learn more and be innovative uh, is really exciting. So um, I'm really excited about the position I'm in. I mean, I've only been here for about nine months and I, I'm still learning a lot, um, but still, and I think I get more and more excited every day about the work we that's been done, but also the opportunities that are ahead. Yeah, you know, Kelly, congratulations on making this change. And I know um, we've talked about opportunities to collaborate and work together and and looking forward to to building on those. I also just appreciate, you know, that you shared your journey and a little bit more about how that came together and the threads and 
Um, I've also known Ben Blumo and the APHA Foundation, and I think, you know, about Project Impact and some of the earlier work, the Asheville Project, all those kinds of pieces that were really groundbreaking for Absolutely. some of the th- some of the things that are happening now. And I think your comments just also build on you just never know, mm-hmm. and that by maintaining these relationships that you had in place, that then when something came forward, someone thought of you, you know, versus yeah. you. Yeah aggressively out there, you know, I know sometimes we hear about this hustle culture or, you know, all this stuff, but that there are ways where pharmacy is a small world and it's all about relationships. And so how you've nurtured these relationships and how important they are to you. um, And then the difference that can make in the bigger picture. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, you know, as you were talking too, I just heard the joy in your, in your voice related to your family and, you know, your marriage to Aaron and then your journey as a mother. And um, I know that when we are not um, able to catch up in person, you know, we stay, we stay caught up a little bit on social media and I've enjoyed over the summer, you know, seeing some of your adventures that you've had with your kids. So tell me a little bit more about um, some of the things you've done with the kids this summer. Well, you know, I think it's, it's so interesting. And I think it's just, it's such a, um, it's such a a delicate balance. I think summer, this summer has been really hard. I've actually talked to several other moms who I think are feeling the same way, especially I think as we're, I don't know if we're coming out of COVID. I'm not sure where we're at right now. It's feels exactly. like we're upside down. But if that's what we're doing, um, where, you know, for the last two summers, we have done nothing. We were very, um, very careful with COVID and um, not only with, you know, just with us and our health, but um, with my husband's job, we were trying to minimize our exposures so that he wouldn't, you know, he, he could minimize his exposures and just trying to be really smart and follow what was right for public health. And I think, um, so this summer, the kids are back in activities and, um, and so we've been putting them back in activities, trying to get them re-engaged with things. And I feel like we've been running around like crazy, trying to get everything done. And, um, and so I find myself, I'm like, gosh, you know, when are they going to go back to school? So I actually have some time to get my work. Um, but, um, but no, it's, it's, it's really great um, to be able to, that's one of the great things that I, I feel so fortunate that I've been able to build my career around my family because I can adjust some things and I can spend time with them in the summers. And so, you know, we just got back to Iowa. Um, finally, we hadn't been back we, we had tried to go back over Christmas this last, this last Christmas, we hadn't been back for two years. And oh, wow. normally we get back, you know, multiple, we try to get back at least twice a year to Iowa. And then my family comes visits us here in California when they can as well. But we hadn't been back because of the pandemic and it had been a long time. And um, we tried to go back for Christmas and my oldest son ended up with COVID three days after we got there. So we got in a car and drove back to California. So we didn't expose anybody else, but uh, we got back this summer and we got to see everybody, which was wonderful. And um, it's always great to be back and visit with um, family and friends and friends who are family now. So that was one of our big highlights of the summer. And the kids have just been staying busy. And um, it's really important for me to be engaged with what they're doing and to support what they're doing. A couple of um, my oldest and my youngest were in a production they do theater and so they did a production of Percy Jackson uh, at the beginning it was at the beginning of the summer so that was a lot of fun so yeah just supporting them and being a part of it and being able to be active and present and engaged in what they do is really important to me well that sounds like those adventures have been good I have my sister um, has 10 year old twins and so Uh I can relate I can relate to some of the things that you're talking about and last weekend they hosted 
they have March birthday, but they hosted a summer birthday party to celebrate their birthday with their friends sure. at, my, at my parents' lake house. And it was amazing, but it was one of those kind of marathon days. And I heard from everyone how, how cool it was with 16 kids and I think 25 people all together. So wow. I, I, I feel you. And people, you know, it's like in the summer that we can do things that we weren't able to do in the last couple of years. So um, there's a lot of um, pent up enthusiasm, I think, for some of these. Absolutely. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yes. you know, one of the things that I've covered on the Melissa Scripps podcast is this passion for leadership and encouraging more women leaders. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we talk about that, one of the people that we often talk about and reflect on is Zeta Cooper, who was yeah. the first female tenured pharmacy professor at University of Iowa College of Pharmacy. She was the first secretary for the American Association of Colleges of Pharmacy. She founded Kappa Epsilon and Rokai. So just this icon and a very inclusive leader and just did so many groundbreaking things. So, you know, you and I have both been involved in celebrating Zeta through the Zeta Cooper Leadership Symposium. And boy, this past year um, in May, we were able to kind of do it up in a way that we hadn't for a couple of years because we were able to be in person, which was awesome. And then we also were in the new College of Pharmacy building, which had opened during the pandemic, but, you know, had really been celebrated in the last few months. So, you know, it was fun that you were a speaker and I was a speaker and we ended up sharing a similar message, even though we hadn't planned it. So let's talk a little bit more about that. Let's tell our listeners kind of what happened on that special May day. Yeah, well, what a um, what a special opportunity that was. I mean, I it, it's interesting, Melissa. As I reflect back, you know, it, it, I've been really fortunate to be a part of the Zeta Cooper Planning Committee um, with you from I think from the very beginning. Um, and uh, it's such an incredible opportunity, and I, and I think it, it gets better every year. And um, it's it's so interesting because this, but this year was was really a pinnacle for me. The opportunity to be a speaker um, was very very special to me um, for a lot of reasons this year. But um, I think that one, I got to present with Farah Tofik, who is a dear friend and colleague of mine, um, and so being able to share that experience with her, and we we talked about our leadership journeys, and she's so she's so inspiring to me and so to be able to share that that experience with her was so wonderful but i really think that um it it really i've said this to several people that this was one of probably the highlights of my professional career and and probably i think always will be because i got to talk about my leadership journey and i talked about a lot of things we've talked about today people that have inspired me people that have influenced me as i've gone through my journey um but what made it really special is that tom temple was there and i think that that's where you and i were uh, we had this connection where we didn't really necessarily plan this, but um, we both had a quote from Wicked. Um, yours was a little shorter version than mine, but I remember sitting there listening to you and I saw you put it up on the screen and I thought, oh my goodness, that's on my slides. And I, I, I remember like kind of laughing out loud. I was like, wow, how in the world? Did we both come up with that? And so on one of my one of my um, slides, I actually it was a slide that had pictures of all of all of the not all but many of the mentors that I have had throughout my career. And in the middle of it, um, it and the title of the slide was cultivating relationships. Um, and and I think what I talked about with this was that you know during the that you know sometimes especially now in the world today you know it's how many how many people follow you on LinkedIn or how many people are how many Twitter followers do you have. 
have. And I think for me, it's so much deeper than that. It's how many actual relationships do you have? And, and, and Tom Temple is the one that really inspired me to focus on relationships. It's about the relationships. And if you do strength finders, you'll, and if you know me at all, you'll know that I'm a relator. That's my number one strength. And it's not a big surprise um, that relationships are really important to me. And I've always um, thought that that's really important. And so that's where this quote from Wicked really um, brings me uh, so much. It just really hits home for me because it says, and and I put the longer part of the quote and I said, I've, I've heard it said that people come into our lives for a reason bringing something we must learn and we are led to those who help us most to grow if we let them and we help them in return. I don't know if I believe that's true, but I know I'm who I am today because I knew you. And what you had put on your slide was because I knew you. And it and it's so powerful because I think for me in my career and all the twists and turns and all the changes that have come my way, it's the people who I've met along my journey, the people who have inspired me and helped me through those things. Um, you know, the probably the top two that I think of that are that have been my longest lasting mentors because they've been there from the very beginning is Tom Temple and Mary Alice Bennett. And they have mentored me through every career change, every personal life change as well. Um, and they've become, you know, they they started as professional mentors, but now they're very important and um, treasured friends um, that, and they're the friends that I now think of as family. And um, those relationships are so deep and so strong and so meaningful. And so, you know, for example, when I was back in Iowa, that's who I was talking about was Tom Temple. I, I drove to Des Moines from my parents' house, which is about two and a half hours. And, and I would do this. Whenever I come back, I, I reach out to Tom and I say, hey, can we have lunch? And I'll drive down. We have lunch. And I come back to my parents' house. And But it was is, is important to me to facilitate and cultivate that relationship um, because he's important to me. And, um, and he's been important in both my professional and personal life. Um, and those relationships are what have opened every single door in my career for me, because pharmacy is a really small world. Um, and that's, that's been really probably literally probably the most important factor of my, um, of my success. Well, um, boy, so much emotion bubbles up, Kelly, when we're talking <laughs> about this. And, right. um, you know, I'm thinking about that special day in May and how weird it was when both of us had the weird, but also so aligned that both of us had that quote. And I, you know, I want to give a shout out to Tom because I know he's going to listen to this one and also acknowledge that um, I don't know that I'd be doing a podcast if it wasn't for, you know, that this belief that Tom had in me early on, you know, when he saw me as, and same thing with you, when he saw us as students and was like, okay, um, you know, come aboard, I'm going to mentor you and, and yeah. like you then you know, we've developed these deep relationships and worked together over so many years, but really, really close friendships. So, you know, I just want to share this love across the miles to Tom, but also I think it provides the opportunity. And I've talked about this on some other podcasts to our community and to our listeners, that if there's someone who has been influential in your career, to take the time to give them a call, to send them a text, to acknowledge them, you know, uh, many of us publish or do presentations. And again, I think it was real organic where we just knew that if we, as we talked about our leadership journey, that it was such an important part, but it means so much. And I think 
for these icons in pharmacy, these legacy leaders that we've talked about today, they've had such an impact, but their impact grows exponentially through all of us. And, you know, so, you know, I, I feel like so much of, you know, when I was on the stage last week at the, in um, Texas, that Tom was with me, you know, um, other Absolutely. people, Jans was with me, other people who have been so um, instrumental in, in, in my career um, were there. So, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that you and I were able to have this conversation and, you know, boy, as our time together is coming to a close, you know, one of the things that um, is kind of special about the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast is that I get to learn from our guests and, and our community does too. And so a thing that I ask at the close of every episode is, you know, while I have you, is there one prescription or life lesson that you'd like to share with others or comment on in the spirit of Melissa Rx Scripts? And so far you've shared so many, but what would be like a one takeaway? Oh, yeah. And I thought about this and I actually ha I talked about this with Tom earlier this morning because I was like, huh, gosh, it's really hard to come up with one. But um, but, you know, I think I think it really does come back to, for example, my relationship with Tom and my relationship with, with Mary Alice, that those two just always rise to the top for me because they they continue to impact my life. And I think I think the one thing that I would share, um, I had a really special moment at the APHA annual meeting this year. It was one of the one of the first in-person meetings I had attended. And and so I was, and I'm a people person. And so I was really excited to be there. And I was sitting with Mary Alice and we were at the opening general session and they were doing one of those um, surveys where it said, you know, and the, the question that was asked was, if you have three people to thank, who would they be? You know, and everybody starts typing their text messages and they start popping up on the screen. Um, well, and then they they popped up like four of them. And on the screen, it says my mom, Matt Osterhaus and Kelly Brock. And I like sat there and I was like, wow, like it was such a powerful moment. And I'm sitting there next to my my mentor, Mary Alice, and she leans over and and I start crying. And I thought, wow, how special one that someone would recognize me. Um, and then I was on the screen next to Matt Osterhaus, who is one of my mentors and who has had such an Im impact on my life and my career. And I'm sitting next to Mary Alice Bennett, who has been such an inspirational mentor to me. And, um, and she leans over and she's like, well, when I see that, then it helps me know that I did my job. And, and what was so interesting is I, after the fact, I find out that it was actually a pharmacy student that, um, Brittany Bullock, I'll call her out. And, um, she, um, she had, I had met her and, um, I had met them and I took a couple of the students to the women in pharmacy forum at the APHA meeting. And it was just, she just felt like I took her under my wing and I, and I, and really, honestly, I didn't feel like I was doing a whole lot, I, but I was just, I was paying it forward. And I think that's the message I'm trying to get to is that someone did that for me. Tom Temple did that for me with IPA. He took me under his wing. He invited me to be a part of committees. He encouraged me to engage with the profession. He actually challenged me to engage with the profession um, and to take some responsibility that it was my, it was my responsibility to, to impact the profession. And how was I going to do that? So he did that for me. And all he ever wanted was for me to pay that forward to someone else. And I remember him distinctly telling me that at lunch one day he said just remember I just want you to pay this forward and so I always have that in mind it's like how can I pay this forward someone has done something for me and now how do I pay it forward and continue that on and I think that comes back to what you just said Melissa that the the 
and it was very clear at the Zeta Cooper uh, Leadership Symposium that all four of, well, four of the five speakers had been very strongly influenced by Tom Temple. Um, and, you know, and, and his, so his, his impact, the ripple effect, just, you can't even measure it. There's no way to measure the impact that he has had. Um, and that's the true sign, I think, of a true leader and a true mentor. And, you know, if I can impact, you know, just even half of the people, or if I can have some of that impact like he has had, I will feel like I've been successful. Um, and so to me, that's, I think, the most important piece for me is just to pay it forward um, and to try to kind of pass along what, how someone has helped you and to help someone um, along their journey. Um, and you just never know, you never know the difference that you can make in someone's life by doing something that you think might be kind of small and simple, but will be very, um, could really change their life. Yeah. Wow. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Kelly, thank you so much for sharing your insights with me. Um, it has been a true joy to kick off season five with you. And, you know, this is the Melissa Rx Scripts podcast to everyone listening. Please subscribe to our show and follow me, Melissa Muir Corrigan on social media. I also want to thank our fabulous producer, Kate Cruz with Executive Podcast Solutions, who helps make the magic happen. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for having me, Melissa.